If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote um, it, it was a it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now because why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is. <laughs> By checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh, my God. What's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing, or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and... You need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I write a column for Atwood Magazine every other week that is also called Tunes and Tumblers. 
but I quickly found that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I invited a couple of friends to sit down with me to help me make drinks and to broadcast our thoughts to the world. And here they are. They are... I'm Pedro, your mixologist. I'm Ryan, your music connoisseur. And we are joined by someone very special today. The songs and albums we love would be nothing without the talented producers, mixers, and engineers behind the board. Our guest today is one of those unsung heroes of the music industry. He's a multi-platinum, Grammy-nominated mixer who's worked with over 600 artists, including Miguel, Frank Ocean, The War on Drugs, and Christine and the Queens. After years of building his reputation and scoring a blockbuster track in Miguel's Skywalker featuring Travis Scott, he's begun to make his way as a producer, working with a number of up-and-comers like Lauren Ruth Ward, Swim, and Aging Actress. We're very fortunate to have landed him before he shoots into the stratosphere of legendary producers. Please welcome David Davis to the pod. Thank you for joining us, David. Hello. How Thank are you? you for Thank, coming, thanks man. Thanks for that awesome intro. Oh, yeah, no problem. We tried to uh, <laughs> write something that would uh, do you justice. This is kind of man. a big one for us. I'm also going to keep the fire extinguisher Bless close you. by because that resume was fire. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and thanks, with guys. such a big resume, I doubt we're going to get to it all in this episode but we're going to do our very best to dive in there but first it's been a couple of weeks and we're going to do that thing that we always do and catch up guys tell me what have you been listening to recently uh yeah so let's start the timer so um there uh and have you guys ever heard of pogo he's like a youtube remix artist oh yeah um he sort of takes like old movies like disney movies stuff from your childhood basically and takes tiny little sound clips and turns them into songs and it sounds amazing. Together. It is so great, and I've I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Um, and I was going, I've been going back and listening to more of his stuff recently, again. Um, and I just really enjoy it. I think there's something about it that um, I don't know. It kind of it makes you happy, and it's it's sort of it's nostalgic, but it's new at the same time, which is great. Um, one song in particular that I've really liked lately is called uh, "Boy and Bear." which in some circles sounds like a Friday night, but it's a song by him <laughs> using <laughs> clips from a, a Winnie the Pooh movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's really good. And it's like way, it's, it's way more, it's way dancier than it has any business being. Um, yeah. So, Pogo. <laughs> than it has any business being. <laughs> <laughs> well, so David, what have you been listening to? Me? Yeah. I have been listening to A.A. Bondi. Uh, we were just talking about it a second ago. Um, I think it came out what like six months ago, but I'm still kind of like loving that. I love how like lo-fi it is and how it's a complete departure from his older stuff. Um, really inspiring, really cool, really well themed, great lyrics. Yeah, I, I love that though. Right now, that and like Home Shake. Uh, I think his name is Nick Hakim, right? H A K I. That's right. Yeah, man, that's pretty amazing. Um, Home Shake. What else? Formerly in Mac DeMarco's band, right? Really? Yeah. Was that the? I Maybe. think I Home Shake sure. was part of one of your moods the other week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really? That's I how I got it. Was. Yeah. yeah, Home Shake's great. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. Home Shake. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. That's great. Yo. So the way this works is that anytime you mention a song or an artist on the podcast, it goes on the accompanying Spotify playlist. So in theory, you can make our listeners listen to whatever the heck you want, even if you just <laughs> drop it randomly in uh, in conversation. For instance, Shaggy and. Uh, and Sting had an album recently, and now you have to listen to that. You are welcome. <laughs> Is that what you've been listening to, Anthony? Well, uh, ever since John brought it up in his episode, like I've I've been just diving into like 
all of that weird and obscure stuff that we got into. <laughs> That's a really good Uncle Thanksgiving song, the Shaggy and Sting collaboration. That's like, also a great like, holiday special name, Uncle's well, Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, you can bring them all together like, well, I don't really listen to new music. Well, you go, well, Sting's on the track. <laughs> Shaggy for your aunt. Oh, I like your wine drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're getting to that time uh, where like uh, Shaggy is going to be like aunts and uncle music, you know? it was yeah. at my aunt's wedding it was played oh my god dude country artists love i've heard them cover it wasn't me you know a bunch of times it works it works, it works so well it works it really crushes him. Oh, no. <laughs> um what about you okay well you, you may or may go ahead you know turn that turn that boy over yeah i've been listening to the makeup a group that was active mostly in the 80s in dc Ian Sinonius is the lead of the band, and I've been doing that because they're doing two nights at Zebulon, Wednesday and Thursday. And these guys are sort of kind of a punk funk gospel group is really kind of the way to describe it. And they're so much fun. One of the best live acts. By the time this comes out, the show already happened, but come see them when they come to town. The song I Want Some is great, as is Here Comes the Judge. Personal favorite of mine. I'm have to listen to this tonight. That's just punk funk oh and gospel oh, like wow gospel elements. get you some jesus yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean a, 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 an alternative to um uh the new kanye record to, right? closed on sunday yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep oh awesome does that make it my turn i guess it does awesome well we're, i've been we're all doing like really well at getting in, in under the time by the way i think it's because this is an unusually <laughs> late night for us and we just like have all the fire just like sapped from us already we're just very <laughs> very to the points i'm ready give it to me drew all right so i've been listening to quite a bit uh thanksgiving was this past weekend so i listened to a lot of new stuff just like driving up and down the five and um i've been getting into this uh this dj who's kind of an up-and-comer just starting to get um fame his uh he goes by elenium but his name oh. is uh nicholas d miller um i first found out about him with uh from his collaboration with john bellion which is um good things fall apart it reminded me a lot of like a 2003 yellow card or a <laughs> blink 182 song but then just with like the the loud production that comes in when the bass drops and i've been listening to the rest of his album ascension and a choice track off of that is in your arms uh featuring ex-ambassadors of all people and I really like the trend with DJs now to kind of incorporate elements from the genres of artists that they work with. They don't just bury it with electronic music. It's like, how can we make this a new sound? Mm -hmm. And I like that he does that really well. And I am out of time. Nice. There we go. Well done. Just under the wire. Well done, everybody. All right. Well, uh, David, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, yes. yes. For this drink. Oh, yeah. So to get to the drink, we need to get into the bar. If you don't know, Tunes and Tumblers is a bar. It's our bar that we have opened in Pedro and Ryan's living room. Um, we Highly illegal. Yes. Liquor license pa uh, pending. <laughs> We're doing our best. But to get in, we have to get past the bouncer, the famed, the invisible Gerald Highwater. Mm. And to do that, we need to show him your ID. Have you brought something for us today to show the bouncer? Yeah. <laughs> it's in my car let me go grab it right now. <laughs> no. it's a $20 bill <laughs> just slipping into his palm no really there's no wrong answer here like you we met my uh, <laughs> you met my girlfriend uh, Sacagawea <laughs> so, trying to bribe bribe the bouncer <laughs> you met uh, my aunt Susan B. Anthony yeah 
I think we can get you in. Okay. I forgot it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gerald, I, I think Gerald's still hung over from Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I don't he's not even facing the right way. I think we can just <laughs> He's just eating pie and watching the Irishman over and over. <laughs> I would fire him if he didn't come so cheap. It's it's kind of funny though. We like showed up first day back at work today and like one of the grips was like, Yeah, I had a great time. I watched the Irishman three times. I'm like, three times? The whole day. My dad did that though. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yes. I knew that. <laughs> I, oh, I don't know. Anyway. All right. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to our bar. Uh, it is, um, you, you know, we're, we're working on it. Uh, it's well lit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not ever something you want to say about a dive. <laughs> All the flaws become really evident. Um, but let's, let's get the ambience going. Um, we need to put something on the jukebox. And I think you have quite a bit of music that we can put on the jukebox. Let's find a place to start. Ryan, where are we going to jump in today? Well, I thought um, I thought an interesting point to jump off would be um, that the Lauren uh, Ruth Ward cover of White Rabbit. Uh, that was a fascinating uh, you know, piece of music, and it must have been interesting to work on. Yeah. You know, really fun. and it's... Um, so that's what we're going to put on in the meantime. Like Anthony said, I mean, you, there's so many things you worked on. It was sort of like, where do we... Where can we begin? But That's the, a good one. but it is you know, it's an interesting one. And so, um, yeah, do we want to start talking about that and jump off from there, or how do you want to? Yeah, let's uh, let's just give a little background. Can you talk a little bit before we uh, we get going, just about like how you got involved with the song? Maybe just like what what it was like working on it, kind of like the vibe you were going for. Just any sort of thing to get us really going. Yeah, so I guess me and Lauren met up for coffee over at Ruby's and Diamonds and then went over to the studio where we were going to record it to kind of check it out. And they were saying that, because their whole thing is like to be kind of vintage, but my whole thing is to kind of take vintage or electronic sounds and kind of make them sound big and modern and bassy and wide. So, yeah, they have all these old echo chambers at East West, which is basically like this huge room dedicated to just be a reverb. So you send a signal up to it through a speaker and then these two mics recorded and it goes back. So we had like uh, people just going up there and like doing percussion, like tambourines and all these weird like frog sounds, you know, just what I'm talking about, the little ribbit oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, any kind of like authentic vintage kind of sound that we could get and then brought it in to the session. And... There were like little moments, like if you listen to the very beginning, you can hear Lauren because she's an artist. So she's like got her own, just like she's just like a little soundboard walking around of cool sounds. And I was playing the music through her headphones and she was like, oh, we should use this. And she did this like tremolo thing where it goes, Wah! some somehow like I was playing music out and then I recorded it back in. That's the whole intro. Oh, wow. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, with her headphones doing this thing. So I just try to kind of like pull from what people are doing and then have it be a part of the song, you know. Nice. Um but yeah, that and then we got Stella to play drums from that band Warpaint. Um Wow. Yeah, that was fun. She killed it. A few takes. Yeah. Good times. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's uh super short, which is kind of odd because it's a vintage song. <laughs> you know, it's an old song and now yeah. songs now are like two minutes long, maybe three, maybe. Our attention spans are so short. Right. I've got a theory about that that we can get into in the discussion, <laughs> but any good discussion needs good lubricant, and that's why we have Pedro here. That's what to, I do. This yes. is what I offer. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you said, uh, White Rabbit is a good place to start, and 
it was the same for the drink as well. You and I talked a little bit um, uh, for over the last few days, and uh, we we discussed, you know, how how we were gonna be sort of uh, thinking about themes of like growth and transformation, in your journey, and also you like mescal, so that's a good mm. place to start as as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then thinking about those themes and you know White Rabbit, the story of Alice in Wonderland, I was like, that's kind of perfect. So let's go with that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a journey. A lot of things change and it gets <laughs> crazy. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of growth in it for sure, literally and figuratively. Um, so what we have is some mezcal by, um, it's a brand called Los Hobbies and it's provided by our dear friend and former guest, Liz Brownstein. Woo. So shout out to Liz. Um, so she provided us with this, with this delicious mezcal and I've put with it um, some coconut water and um coconut like gourmet like cream of coconut um in it and some lime juice and just sort of like shook that up together and so that gives it like this white opaque hue and its name the white rabbit nice so Ah, so that's where so that's where that is and then so then then there's a couple little extra things going on with it um the first would be that you you also when we when we spoke um i asked you sort of like what you're what you would consider to be like your style your what what is a what is a the stamp on your music yeah um and you said that to like sort of sum it up what it was like elect like you know electronic meets organic um and so trying to like put that into a drink and like give it a visual uh component i just knew that i wanted lights involved <laughs> and so i found glow sticks that also um sort of they're they're small so they kind of make me think of like caterpillars and so I took a glow stick, <laughs> nice. which is in Alice in Wonderland, and also wow. like a huge symbol of transformation and growth. Man, so I love that. took the glowing. Uh, I took the glowing awesome. caterpillar, put it in um, our uh, a swizzle stick that has like a compartment in it with some cotton candy to make a cocoon. Oh my god! So it's got a light up component, a growth and transformation thing, and it gives a little extra fruitiness um, in there. It's a very tart drink. So, yeah, and then to just top it off, I put a tag that says drink me on it, like that potion that Alice drinks that makes her go super huge. Incredible. Oh, so that's right. This is the white (laughs) rabbit. (laughs) Wow. The only thing that's missing is an $18 price tag and a feature in Eater magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cheers, guys. I I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Love it. Mm. So, David, thank you again for joining us tonight. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's you. Yeah, it's a pleasure so far. Um, I want to get a little bit into your background because we've never had um, a mixer, a producer, uh, an engineer in here before. And also, um, some of our listeners might not know the difference between all three roles. Do you think you can give us kind of a background into what each of those positions does? Yeah, the engineer gets yelled at the most. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen that happen. Um, I guess production is more like if you're a producer, then you can be the mixer and you can be the engineer too. But if you're engineering, then it's d- more difficult to be the mixer or the producer because people have this idea. Like this happens all the time where I'll just, I'll mix something and it'll be mixed and then I won't label it as like the mix. So someone here was like, man, it's going to sound dope when it's mixed. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. Nah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true though. It's like that sometimes. So I think like it's more of just like what people start calling you. Like when people start calling you this thing, then you just end up kind of being that. And 
I don't know, people started calling me a mixer after I did the this this one song or and then more and more people started being like, Okay, well you're a mixer now. So I'm like, All right, I'm a mixer and now I'm kinda like I don't wanna be a mixer. <laughs> I wanna I wanna make stuff. I wanna create things and so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Um on the more creating side with production. So it's like I'll come up with an idea or like create something with somebody in the room or somebody will send me something and then I can sort of like kind of like reimagine it in a way. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, with engineering, that was just more of like getting all the, the technical stuff sorted out. Yeah. And then there was like some creativity involved, but it was more like a treat, you know, here and there. Like, hey, you can play drums. You want to play drums on this song? I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's kind of been how it's been going. Do you like play everything? Mm, I play everything, but not great. But I'm so I'm like pretty good at making it sound good. So <laughs> nice. Is that how it worked on the that Miguel song where you did the guitar? Uh, did that was it just sort of like that oh, was you're here, you play guitar. That like, and, that and the drum thing. Yeah, I was. Um, There's a song called Now, and they were like, "Man, it'd be dope if it was like had like a choiry sort of delayed kind of guitar thing." And I just got this delay pedal. And an Ebo. So I'm like, well, check this out. This is kind of cool. And then it was like, okay, well, yeah, let's use this. And then they kind of supplemented it with another sample. and Nice. Worked out like that. And the other the other thing was with drums, I was, I had probably like 40 mics set up on this kit. I'm exaggerating. But like really it was probably <laughs> 15 for the control room. But the producer was out in the live room for this Miguel song called Harem. And I just bought a drum kit so that we didn't have to like rent it or anything. We could just have it there and I could practice when we were chilling. And we ended up using one of the mics and I got like one take and my headphones were like this the whole time because it wasn't long enough. So here we are in this like wow. multi-million dollar recording studio with all this history. Like the mamas and the papas have been there. We're in there in that room and I'm just like got one little wire like dragging my, my <laughs> about to rip my head off and... That was the one mic and a few takes that ended up making that song. That's so dope. it just kind of happens like that. Is well, that the same? St- sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just technically the engineer, but uh, I had drums and I was like, I'll just play them. Yeah. That, so was that the same studio where you did White Rabbit or is that at a different one? It was the same facility, but it was a different studio. So that was oh, in Studio 3 and then Studio 2 is like right across the hall, but neighbors though. Gotcha. So White Rabbit cover of a classic Jefferson Airplane song and like you were saying a little bit earlier you say that you know you like to take um, vintage and electronic and make it sound bigger is that like would you say that that is what makes a David Davis song or or what does make a David Davis song if anything some kind of blend between lo-fi like recording just crappy iPhone mics I do that all the time I'll just record something with my phone and then text it to myself and put it in the session that way. But like it's coupled with like really expensive, uh, like maybe Moog sounds or something like that. I think it's a good, good thing to do like a little bit of both and then have these big scene changes where you're like, okay, I'm in this moment now where everything is like big and full and then it drops out and kind of goes somewhere else where it's like kind of lo-fi and, and crappy. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's good to do big changes like that. 
It's interesting that you bring that up. Um, on our way up from uh, Thanksgiving, I had made a playlist of some select works of yours and was just going through, sitting with my girlfriend, and she just turns to me. She's like, I like how this guy always starts in kind of like this moody soundscape, and then it just kind of like blooms from there. Like every song seemed to start like in this kind of like dark place and then just kind of veer and 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 become something else. And uh, mm. I think it's... It works really yeah, well with this drink. That. I mean, we're talking about transformation oh, so and growth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I try. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, that's, yeah, it's, um, mm. when we were discussing and you were bringing up those as the main themes, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Entirely. Um, cause yeah, they do. There's huge, like you said, there's huge scene changes. It does bloom into like something completely different. And then, but it's still like, the, it's, it's still your, like, it's the one song but there's a lot happening in it. And that's always like, that's what makes it so rich for me. Um, this when, is such a great drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's what makes it like so rich for me is like when you, everything can be so, so unexpected and you can go through this huge roller coaster ride with like, you know, within three minutes. But I love when a song can do that, can take you through this huge journey, you know, all these ups and downs in the span of like three minutes. Me too. Uh, here's something I've always been curious about. Um, what does a relationship between an artist and a producer typically look like? Like, uh, how does how do creative minds blend, so to speak? You can kind of take this wherever you want. Like, I've always just kind of wanted to know, like, how this works. That's a great question. And I think everyone has their own style that they develop. Like, um, just talking with my friend today, someone he was working with, and uh, he took more of an old school approach where... The first day, they didn't even record anything. They just sat down and talked about the lyrics, which was which is pretty old school, kind of like cool way to look at it. Um, I don't really, I don't really take that approach. I try to like gain as much like or hold on to mo- as much momentum at the beginning as you can. So it's like there's all this energy you're just meeting, like you just just want to record something and make something as, as quick as we can because it's kind of the first time where we're gonna be meeting or making something. So might as well make the best of it. But, um, the artist is always, for me, the artist is always like number one in that, like, cause it's, they're, they're the one that they're putting their name on the line. They're like, they're going out and they're playing it. So like, if they want to keep a loop or something like some kind of crappy bass loop and it's like weird, <laughs> then that's great because that's what they like. And that's, it's their art. I'm just here to like serve that, you know, and make it sound as cool and big as I can, I guess. Um, is it is, is it, it challenging for you to sort of like because you're saying you know it's 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 the artist is a really important part of it and you know their contribution oh, to it. the soul of is it is it is it like challenging for you to get your own sort of creative uh products in there that's a good that's a good question yeah it is hard because like uh everyone wants to be right all the time and you you're just not always right so you gotta like think about that like um, I guess I just I just want to be like, well, it would sound better if it was this way, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just not. It's like you can. Uh, man, this real this mezcal is hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's just important to keep energy moving and and be like, well, let's let's add this to it, let's do this, and then just keep trying things, but confidently. You don't want to have a billion options. You want to just be like we should go with this and this is great. And then kind of trust your instincts with it. Yeah. So 
yeah, it is challenging, but that's kind of the, the work in it, you know. Speaking of old school, I saw on your uh, production list you've worked, you'd worked with uh, John Cale before. I did one day. That was awesome. That's got to be, talk about an old school guy with a unique approach. Yeah, how is how is that? You were So you were an engineer on that one? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if it came out yet or not, but I, th- I think it should be pretty soon. But there, he was so awesome. It had this thing where he was basically you can take a sandbag and you put it on the foot pedal of a piano and it kind of makes this really cool reverb with the harmonics. Ah. So if you have like a guitar or something that you're playing next to it, then it'll ring out in the key of the song. Ideally, if it's like, if it's hitting it just right, you know, it does this cool like, um, if you've ever been to Guitar Center and you, you hear all the guitars vibrating on the wall, the acoustics when someone's playing this big amp, mm-hmm. it's sort of the same thing. So I had this idea, I'm like, man, we should send something. I think it was like a choir. Or, yeah, yeah, the, it was a choir that we were recording. And I'm like, let's have this in the room be the reverb. And then I had this like little doorstop contact mic thing on the piano. And I remember... I didn't think he was into it. I'm like, ah, he's not into this. This is too weird. And I just mentioned it to him like very casually. And then like two hours later after we had recorded everything, he's like, oh, we didn't record the piano. That was this part. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. man. I didn't think you're into it. But I ended up like piping it out the live room speakers. And, uh, and then it just kind of hit the piano and made it do its own acoustic thing. It ended up being cleaner and cooler anyway, but sure. Yeah, that was oh, amazing, wow. though. That's Such great. That's dope. John Cale, for folks who, listeners who may not be familiar, a Velvet Underground member, incredible producer, worked with, you know, Jonathan Richmond, tons of rock legends from back in the day on a oh, lot yeah. of influential records. So, the more you know, that's incredible. He's he's awesome. So, uh, hmm. Mescal's hitting me too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I my <laughs> words are just tripping on their way out. Um, so, is producing primarily what you're trying to do right now? Is that that and mixing? Just because mixing is kind of fun and it keeps my like keeps my chops up, you know. Because that's more customer service based. It, as you go up, like engineering, you just have to be like, okay, let's just do this exactly how you want it. Mixing, it's kind of like you could be a little more creative, and then produ- production, you can be super creative. So, it's nice to like. I guess be humbled, I guess, like mixing stuff. Plus if it's a band like I love and I'm just pretty good at mixing or people say I am anyway, some, some people, <laughs> then, uh, then yeah, I definitely want to do it if I'm able. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because uh, I, production. for, for those day ones who remember when I mentioned what I do for a living, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I do recording and mixing on set, which is a different uh, side of the industry altogether. But um, I love music, which is why I'm here. And I love just getting in the studio and just seeing how um, people on the other end work. Uh, I One of my clients, uh, 88 Rising, they recently did a... Um, a reality show where they brought in a bunch of kids who had won a competition and they paired them with professional songwriters and producers and had them make songs like front, front to back. It was, uh, they, they started, um, writing and recording the song. Then they did a music video and then they took it to like, uh, the board of the company and then they like voted on who won. And then that 
winner got to perform it live at their music festival wow that's yeah that's it's, it's 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 winner it's gotta nuts. get coffee for the next session <laughs> yeah. to learn the realities of the business yeah, <laughs> yeah just a uh, school of hard knocks but no it was it was a lot of fun like for a week we just went in there like back to back like watching this next songwriter come in and work with somebody and it was just interesting to see how these like the different types of approaches there was yeah. one producer who would just like sit down and just noodle on the on the um on the keyboard until like someone was like yeah yeah i like that and then there was another one who would just sit down and just like write everything out and be like okay you want to do this you want to do that and then like get it all down and it, it's just it's fun to see that there's no one way to do it and each right. thing can call for a different thing right i mean like i was looking another thing i i caught my eye which i thought was interesting was on one of the and one of your credits said uh, si- uh, Seinfeld uh, programmer for the war on dr- for the war on drugs, <laughs> and I have to I have to ask about that. Yeah, I mean, okay. It's so funny. Gladly. I mean, what's the deal with that? <laughs> Yo, that's good. Uh, well, if it's something you can talk about, of course I can talk I mean, about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Everett and Adam Adam is in the war on drugs, the singer, and then Sean Everett is the guy who. Uh, he taught me like a lot, a lot. I remember screen sharing my like laptop with this screen because they had me as like the assistant engineer on that initially. And I was like doing other things here and there, but they had me like running some stuff through tape, like making the patches and doing all the stuff. And Sean was kind of like veering into more of a production role. And then that means for me, then I'm veering more into an engineering role because I'm coming out of the assistant thing. Everyone just kind of moves that way. But what, what got, um, why I said that is because they gave me engineering credit and then it was, uh, it won a Grammy, it won best rock album, but I just felt kind of like I didn't, didn't deserve the engineering role. And basically I feel like the reason they gave me that was because like I set up Seinfeld in the control room because Adam loves Seinfeld. So (laughs) I set up my laptop to have Seinfeld like on repeat and then on this own thing. And then we have these like remotes for the PA if we want to turn off the sound or turn it on and off. (laughs) So that's why I put it there. (laughs) But what if, you know, you think about it though, like that, like you're saying every project calls for something different. I mean, and if it just means providing the right ambiance, that's a big part of it, right? And that, if that means just throwing on, I mean, yeah, some I, good I, stuff. I definitely know? did my job too. Like I was just kind of like it was like extra credit. <laughs> um, I really, really loved that whole thing. Um, I learned a lot, especially from Sean. He's like, yeah, one of the greatest for me, anyway. And uh, yeah, everyone does stuff different. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've got a, no- a lot of non sequitur stories. But <laughs> um, your your Seinfeld story just reminded me of uh, one time I was um, in the studio with August O'Wait and he was just making beats and uh, like he's just in the studio in, in North Hollywood and he's just got uh, the original Tomb Raider playing as he's creating like these island beats. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is great. I mean, where, wherever your inspiration comes from. Part of uh, Frank's vibe for On Blonde was like having uh, Anne Channel Orange Seven Samurai, the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, was, yeah. that was usually up. Oh, there's a big projector at East West, and sometimes I put on uh, Bronson. Is that right? The mush, mush that. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. one yeah. say uh, mush, mustache. Mustache. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hardy. The fighter, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's nah. a that's a good one. That's oh, a, wow, that's intense. Nice. Yeah. That's a deep intense, cut. Huh? Um. So I mean, we're, we're kind of coming up on the end of time, unfortunately. Oh, wow. But no, no, no. We got Alrighty. a little bit. I kind of wanted to open the floor to Pedro and Ryan. Um. In the course of research, what David Davis track did you gravitate toward the most, and why? I I'd never really until now taken the time to listen to Skywalker. I think like at least a little more, you know, with, with a little more like focus. Um, that one, I, I fell in love with it. Whereas before I, I didn't, it, it, I just didn't pay as much attention. And then when I did, and then understanding, you know, a little more about you and like the subtleties of the mix itself, it was, it all like, it hit a lot harder. It hit different. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. yeah, no, that one really, that one really got me. That one was uh, was crazy because it was mostly just Pro Tools plugins, <laughs> nothing fancy or crazy, and then hey. an echo chamber on that quick to dead the bull that that part. <laughs> Whatever. Um, works, and Miguel man. had like edited it up and some guitar pedals. And there awesome. it is. What? Uh, just a question. Um, when you're going in to work with you know these artists who sort of you know some of them already have a name for themselves and all that, is there any kind of preparation you do? It's different every time. Sometimes. Not I, I well I guess I used to be like not knowing is better, but the older I get, the more I'm like it's nice to know and just know what people have done, you know. Right. Just because like it makes people feel good, like right, like you guys make me feel good, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It makes me feel awesome. It so helps things come out way better. <laughs> yeah. There is um, a lot that you can learn just from like I guess or I guess that's not the right way to say it, but intelligence and ignorance. That's the Rick Rubin quote. So if you don't know mm-hmm. what someone's done, then maybe you won't, you'll act a different way or something. I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, interesting. That totally makes right? sense. Huh. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the stuff I liked, I don't even know if some of these artists, so you were gracious enough to let us hear some, some unreleased stuff. Oh yeah. And yeah. some of my favorite stuff is in, is in that batch. So I'm not sure if I can speak oh, to it. Awesome. On that's one Mike. of our favorite things though, is getting to hear stuff no one has yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like swim, all the swim stuff you've done is like fantastic. They're a big favorite. Thanks, so that stood out to me. I love them. And, um, so folks, I mean, keep an ear out, keep an eye out, eyes and ears around at all times for, I'm wearing the swim shirt right now. Are you really? Look oh. at that. Nice. <laughs> oh man. That's a cool one. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, I don't listen to a whole lot of R&B on my own. And I think like a lot of uh, your more recent stuff on your website kind of opened me up to that. And I really loved uh, Cherry Cola by Kawada. Oh, nice. Um, that one, like, that's just like a whole vibe. That just like kind of gets me in my feelings. Like, I feel like I have to groove a little bit. Just uh, like the guitar that comes in at the end, like it's it's got that big sound like you were talking about, like uh, that reverb kind of makes the space feel bigger than it is. And kind of like any sort of kind of reverb like that kind of gives me this uh, this feeling of um, ennui. Like you're kind of look at, looking at everything through like a uh, uh, an Instagram filter from like a long time ago. That's a great and, way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Clarendon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, got, got my go-to. <laughs> nice. Mayfair. Can you think of any abstract like directions, like an artist or someone who's given you and you've done something like that? Like, I want this album to feel like a filter from 2008. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'm the, I'm the weirdo <laughs> giving those directions most of the time. It's like one time someone was like, uh, I wanted to get a VHS tape. And they're like, what's it going to sound like? It's going to sound like this video, duh. <laughs> 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 it's going to sound orange. 
don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I want something that breathes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it purple. <laughs> but it's interesting how music can do that. I mean, uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about um, ambient music that kind of gives you the feeling of synesthesia. Like, you yep. don't know how else to describe it. Like, yeah, this uh, this song sounds like fog in a forest or... Mm. You know, this song yeah. feels green. Yes, it did. It it did feel green. It's uh, but yeah, I I love how you can oh. kind of share that feeling with a song, like not just tell people words, but give people specific feelings. Yeah, is is that something that you th- think that you try to do with your work? Absolutely. Yeah, I want to make sure that I feel like awesome sitting in front of it when I'm listening to it. Like if I feel and like driving around, uh if you can drive around to it and you feel cool, it's probably cool. <laughs> like really, it's probably cool. Um, if you trust your taste and your instincts, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. Cause everyone wants to just drive around and play cool music. So it's always hard for people who create to like enjoy their own stuff sometimes too. And they feel yeah. like there's a taboo against that too. Right. That, that yeah. was the whole point of that Aziz Ansari bit where he goes over to Kanye West's house and just like, and the dude was listening to his own music. <laughs> like, yeah, these <laughs> these beats are tight. <laughs> I do dope shit. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to put on your own like music, like make out music or something. <laughs> like, Check out my CD. Girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just got a six changer. <laughs> No, I think, but we could, we could all use a little bit of Kanye in that respect. Like just a little more confidence in the work we put out that we don't feel bad listening to it. I mean, if I've created something that makes me want to roll down the windows and just bump it, like that's good. Enjoy that moment. Yeah, enjoy it. (laughs) It's a good test. Yeah. Yep. And after this, that's like the unspoken part of the the car test. Everyone does the car test is like, listen to how it sounds, but the the audio that you're listening to and like flipping through all the EQs to see if it sounds good in the car. You're kind of seeing, and that this is just me to seeing if it feels good in the car. Cause you do that. You're just, you're kind of passive when you're driving. It's just like, like riding a bike or something. You're not, or at least for me anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not always the most active like driver, I guess. This sounds like I'm just like, yeah, I just sound like a bad driver right now. <laughs> I mean, but that's everybody. I mean, can you really remember your drive here? <laughs> yeah, you're hypnotized when you oh, drive yeah. around Plus, here. it's like uh-huh. the best place to listen to music. You can get so bored driving. And like, yeah. I, that's my favorite place to enjoy music. You just listen to it a little bit differently because you're distracted from, from what what's actually going on, like mm-hmm. uh, all the tremolo or whatever, the reverb or whatever it is. So Right. Well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our time, but we still have... Just a little bit more to play our favorite game. It's hashtag mood. David, if you will see in front of you, there is a beautiful work of art uh, that is the centerpiece <laughs> of the bar. Her name is Mrs. Potts. And within Mrs. Potts, we have several pre-written moods. It is our job to each draw one of those moods and to soundtrack them with a playlist of four songs. Without further ado, who would like to go first? Let's mood. I'll go first. Yeah. Pedro will show you how it's done. Okay, my mood, which I think was written by John, <laughs> is Jesus. Um, <laughs> your manager at Burger King has called you by the wrong name for the last time. <laughs> time to give him that speech you've rehearsed for months. That borrows a bit liberally from Braveheart. And quit. 
Up next, living the Instagram influencer life. What could go wrong? Give us your journey and song. I can't let wow. you give John the credit for that one because I wrote that one. Did you really? Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. This is a big like two-parter. I really like this. So the first thing is, I mean, it's the last straw. The camel's back has been broken. And no more tears enough is enough by donna summer (laughs) enough is enough i can't go on um and so i'm gonna give my big old speech um which i have titled uh that's not my name by the ting tings you call call me you call me stacy you call me mary joe lisa that's all wrong it's not my name um and then i'm just you know i'm gonna throw my hat down on the ground step on it I'm going to walk out of that Burger King, strutting down the street to, haven't you noticed I'm a star? Sung by Olivia Olsen from Steven Universe. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yep. Can't help it if I make a scene. Gotta um, find that one on Spotify. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram doing my thing at home with my 20 followers. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> 20 and rising. 20 and rising. Um, hey, it's been a month, so I think it's doing pretty well. Um and the one song I can think of, uh, I mean, I'm basically just telling people to look at this photograph. Oh, every, no, time you it, not every time do I do it, every time I do it, it makes me laugh. You dare do it? <laughs> photograph uh, by Nickelback. Oh <laughs> man, favorite band. Wow, you did it. I did it. Boy, he did it. Boy, he did it. <laughs> so oh, there is your man. mood. Oh, wow. So if anyone wants to follow that up, quite the journey. My gosh. <laughs> I say we pass it to David. Hey. Okay. I don't know who wrote this, but it says, uh, you recognize your friend waving at you from across the street. Is it you? You recognize your friend waving at you from across the street. You wave back and start crossing to meet them. Halfway across, you realize, oh no, that's not your friend. And they're waving at someone behind you. This turn, uh, turn this embarrassing faux pas <laughs> into a choreographed dance number. That was also me. <laughs> what? Okay, that's good. he filled the ballot box. Wait, so you said no at first when he first started reading well, it? because I didn't know. I We've been through so many moods. That's true. I guess we have. Well, I kind of want to change my answer right now. <laughs> uh, one of them. Okay. So the first one is, uh, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> I like the Andrew Bell version. The short version. Yes. Uh, and then uh, somebody's watching me. The Rock Rockwell, right? Oh Somebody yeah. Watching me. Yeah. We had that in trivia. Like we never watched yeah. me. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They weren't watching you, they're watching your friend behind you. <laughs> uh, I always feel like someone's watching me. <laughs> and then I imagine like they'd be like, you know, oh it's you, it's your friend behind you. And then you just like look down and be like, I wanna know what love is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. the sadness. Foreigner? Is that a foreigner? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess so. And then oh man. I guess holla back, girl. I mean, come on. That's all you want. I was torn between that. If there's some way to mash up right side Fred, like I'm too sexy and the holla back girl thing. They seem like they put it on Spotify. Yes. I'll try. I'm going to work on it. That's right. That'd be the good thing to dance to. Nice. Well done, sir. That is a really good booty LA mashup right there. Oh my God. We should go to that event. I still never been. Oh, we should go. My ex is a dancer there. I'm sure she would be very happy to see us. <laughs> oh, Anthony. Uh, okay. I guess we're going counterclockwise. All right. So um, here we go. Uh, you wake up to discover that two of your credit cards have been maxed out at a local strip club. You don't remember a thing. 
You've been hustled, bitch. <laughs> Signed, Jennifer Lopez. With this janky-ass heart next to it. Um, I wrote that one. Did you? Did I you? did. I had, just, I had just seen the movie. You've been hustled, bitch. <laughs> uh, love it. Okay. Well, um, so I guess for this one, I saw that movie. So I'm not, I don't want to pick any songs that were in it. You know, I don't want to, you know. Thankfully, don't. you pick anything after like 2007 and you're fine. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to set the scene at, at uh, the kind of strip clubs that I go to with E40 sliding down the pole. <laughs> Some Bay Area, some Bay Area magic right there. We go to strip clubs in and the then, yay. So, <laughs> so um, uh, I, uh, it seems like in this situation, I'm, you know, you're drifting away. I'm going to go with Enya, sail away. <laughs> um, as I drift into uh, a stupor where I have no idea what's going on. Um, as I wake up out of it and realize what's happened, I think we got to score that with the Ramones. Somebody put something in my drink. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, after finding out my credit cards have been maxed, um, you know, uh, and my wife finding out about it, I assume I have a wife like in the movie. (laughs) Why Um, else would I I be at a strip club? I got to go with the buddy, (laughs) go with the buddy Knox rockabilly classic. I think I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Oh man. It got so dark. So good. <laughs> oh man! There you have it. Well done, Jesus. Well, I guess it's my job to bring up the rear again. Um, so mine says you're going out and need some energy sauce. You just got off work from a 12-hour shift. All right. So energy sauce <laughs> that can mean so many things. <laughs> well, um, I think that we're just going to um, talk about what, what I needed today after getting off of work from a 12 hour shift, which is what happened today. Um, we're going to start with uh, how I feel just leaving set for the day. And it's we shall be free by Garth Brooks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. <Boy. laughs> and then we're going to get right down to business. Uh how do we get to freedom? Well, it's 40 ounces to freedom mm. by Sublime. Okay. Nice. Well but, done. But we can't stop there. We also need one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer <laughs> by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. <laughs> wow. But, um, uh, man, these 12-hour days have really run me ragged. And there's only one thing to do when the, de- when the tequila runs out by Dawes. And that lyric goes, <laughs> oh, we're nice. drinking champagne. Nice. Yep. nice well man. done yes well done that's my mood T- typical tuesday evening <laughs> typical <laughs> tuesday it's actually monday oh god <laughs> i know right <laughs> <laughs> everyone's looking around like is it really that's the most depressing thing i've heard all day <laughs> <laughs> well gentlemen that brings us to last call but before we hit the pavement anyone got any lingering thoughts uh about anything we talked about Hmm. Mm-hmm. What well, What would you say to anyone trying to sort of go into your career path? Me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you, Drew. No, just hey. <laughs> uh, man, I would say just work hard and trust your instincts, and then work harder and harder. And that's really all you can do, I guess. Just be around people who are better than you, always at, at what you want to be doing. Try your best to work with your heroes. Try to like, just, I guess just hard work is all I, all I can really say. Well, 
Thank you so much for coming in today, David. Thank this has been a great me. one for us. Before we kick you out, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, I guess if anybody is listening that has any questions for me, they could hit me up on the site, my site. It's daviddavis.com. Perfect. And, and we will hit that link in the description below. Where are you pointing? I, <laughs> just click on the details button, everyone. And there's like a whole list of sh just nonsense. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on all of our social platforms. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by the lovely professor producer Drew Bear Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And until next time, cheers. 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 I don't have my cup anymore. <laughs> I drank all mine. Let's keep that part in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>